0: And welcome to this, uh, good omens podcast review podcast that, uh, we're doing for the first time. We're doing a show without Matt. Um, so, uh, I'm Dave, your host, and I have with me Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good today. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is going to be an interesting one. I think it's the first time that, that entertainment talks done a show completely without Matt. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah uh so um good omens we're here to talk about the amazon series we'll start off doing a bit of uh spoilers free stuff then we'll have a little break and uh and we'll do a uh, more spoiler filled bit so uh starting off what did you think of it
1: i loved it i thought it was i mean the writing was very well done the humor was spot on i mean granted i'm a little biased because i'm a massive uh, david Tennant fan and he was absolutely <laughs> brilliant in it
0: yeah yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, the casting all round was absolutely phenomenal. They, they pulled people, um, from all over the place for it. Um, th- th- there were obviously a lot of people that you probably knew, like Michael Sheen, David Tennant, um, few people who were kind of big in the UK, but I don't know, like Jack Whitehall, who played, um, Pulsifer, Newton Pulsifer in it. Did you know who that guy was beforehand? Cause he's quite kind big-
1: of ish knew who that was. I mean, I'd seen him a little bit. So
0: yeah and uh it had people like josie lawrence in there who um who was a huge star back in the day in when they used to do a british version of whose line is it anyway which i know still runs in the us but um doesn't run over here but she was one of the regular cast members on that yeah overall i mean i thought it was it was fabulous i just really well put together did you know the book beforehand
1: I was not familiar with the book. No. So I went into this completely, uh, blind basically.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of did the same. Um, I was at that point of like, I heard they announced that they were going to make it and I was like, do, do I now read the book? or do I then watch the series and then kind of maybe read the book afterwards and do it that way around because you don't kind of want to have maybe the TV series tainted by by knowledge of things that are in the book after you know, before so I, I i opted for the the sort of that way around and uh, and ended up going into it blind as well but i i love terry pratchett stuff um and uh, and neil gaiman as well so uh, uh it's quite interesting how the whole thing came about um, because it was, it was pretty much, um, Terry Pratchett's dying wish was Neil Gaiman made this. Um, I went to the premiere of it in uh, they did a big world red carpet premiere in in London and it's very rare for them to do that sort of thing at Leicester Square for um in the UK for TV shows. They do it for movies all the time, but it's very rare for them to do it for a TV show. Um so we got to chat with a few of the uh the stars of it and there's there's videos up on um uh, the uh, Geek Town YouTube channel if you want to go and Watched the video of it but um yeah that was that was really quite interesting listening to them sort of talk about it because Neil Gaiman actually said during that that he sort of met up with Terry and uh, gone to see him you know he was very ill at the time and Terry had basically said you know I want you to make this I'd like to see it and uh, unfortunately he didn't but he sort of essentially kind of left that meeting and then Terry died and they went to the funeral and he came back and the first thing he did when he got back home was sit down and start writing good omens. So... (laughs) Uh, it was really sort of his final wish. And, uh, I think, you know, uh, Terry would have been very, very proud of it. It was, uh, uh, the, the premiere was, was great. And, uh, it was, it was really sweet. They actually saved a seat for Terry at the front, which had a huge bag of popcorn and, uh, his hat and his scarf on it, which I thought was lovely. So, uh, so that was really cool. Um, Anything else you want to sort of say about it before we go into the uh, spoilery bit? Yeah, I mean,
1: the art style and the direction is very obviously Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. I mean, if you've seen any of their past work, you can just take five seconds, look and it's like, yeah, that's something they would make. Yeah. Um, I And they pulled in so many big names for just for even like tiny, tiny bits like uh, the American ambassador that was supposed to be raising uh, the son of Satan is actually played by Nick Offerman, who's a huge star over here in the States. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's seen uh, Parks and Recreation, but he is freaking hilarious in that.
0: Yes. Um, Yeah.
1: And if you're a fan of the Good Place, it's by the same writer, and there's a lot of crossovers in between the universes there. So
0: ah, right, I didn't realize there was crossovers. I'm I'm aware of Parks and Rec. I've not watched it, but uh, it it is around. It is available on certain things over here. So, uh, so yeah, but it's one that I need to go and catch up on because I I adore the Good Place. I think it's fabulous. So that is one that I need to catch.
1: And actually, the um, main character from Parks and Recreation has his name on the safe that uh, uh, Jason died in. So, that's, so it's basically the same universe. And then uh, there's like kind of a, um, an official podcast to it. And they got Nick Offerman to do a, a PSA warning saying, don't lock yourself in the safe. It's uh, built too well. You'll suffocate. <laughs>
2: that's awesome.
1: But just, but just everybody they got in it, like for the voice of Satan, they got Benedict Cumberbatch. Which yes. is huge. Yeah. Um, I'm just going through the cr- the cast and, you know, all the small pit bits and there's so many people that you look and you see. Uh the mother superior was Susan Brown. Um, I'm pretty sure most people that are familiar with Game of Thrones know who that is. Yeah. Um but just so many people. I mean, granted it's Amazon, they got enough money to air condition hell if they wanted to. They can uh they can get the cast but just everybody that signed on to this is just amazing
0: yeah and i mean you got people like you say just popping up in random little roles which was just brilliant um the uh, the boat captain that pops up and at one point, um, is what's his face from, uh, walking dead David Morrissey as a, just sort of pop up in a completely random role. You got, uh, as the, this, um, pleasure cruiser captain who's on screen for mm-hmm. like 30 seconds, maybe. Um you had um, Mark Gattis and Steve Pember- Pemberton pop up there from the League of Gentlemen, Francis Francis McDormand, who was in Fargo in three billboards. Uh, yeah the-
1: probably uh, probably the cheekiest casting they did was the actor uh, Adam Bond, who played uh, Jesus in the Hard Times episode, which is actually uh, according to his IMDB the third time he's actually played Jesus because <laughs> he played Jesus in a TV series called Genesis. And then right. in a TV series documentary, Finding Jesus, Faith, Fact, and Forgery. And all three of those, he plays Jesus. Wow. Which is hilarious. It's almost like a subtle troll that you don't even know is there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a lot of that. I mean, it's um it's kind of interesting because they've this is the the first time obviously it's been made onto tv but there's been a lot of attempts to bring this to to screen uh there's been a radio version which the bbc did um Mm -hmm. and uh there was which had a great voice cast as well i mean the radio version had like um people from merlin in it and and various of the stars it had uh uh, but there was like 37 cast members in that it was also a ridiculously huge cast um there was also a film version, which was in development by, uh, Terry Gilliam. Uh, and Terry Gilliam was actually at the premiere where we got, a ch- I got a chance to talk to him, which was like great geeky fun. Cause you know, it's Terry Gilliam. He doesn't want to talk to Terry Gilliam. Um, but it's, it's one of the many, many things that Gilliam has tried to turn into a movie and not managed it. Uh, but I, I think the TV series is a much better format for it. You know, mm. when you're. With a lot of these book adaptations, I think, you know, it's, it comes down to just longer form, I think works better. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, much as I would have loved to have seen a Gilliam kind of version of it, it was, uh, yeah, th- that was sort of interesting. Um, there was also a thing about the, the fact that, uh, Michael Sheen, when he was first brought on board, I think assumed that they wanted him for Crowley, which is the role that Den- David Tennant plays. And there was this really awkward kind of, Meeting That uh, Michael Sheen had with Neil Gaiman, where Neil Gaiman had sort of assumed that he that Michael Sheen wanted to play Crowley and Michael Sheen had assumed that Neil wanted to play Crowley, where in actual fact, uh, both of them actually wanted them for a zero fail. But mm-hmm. they both assumed that the other one didn't want them for the role of Crowley, the demon. Uh, so they had this fairly awkward conversation until one of them actually spoke up and said, you know, I think I'm probably better for Aziraphale And he was like, Oh, thank God. That's what I thought. <laughs> Did sort of break the ice, but it was good. Yeah. They know each other quite well. And apparently it was quite an awkward dinner they had up until that point. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, and I think that was a perfect bit of casting because he fits that role so well. And David Tennant plays, uh, you know, he's, he's wonderful at that sort of flipping. Between, you know, a very lovable kind of character, but also that kind of tint of evil as well in it, which I thought was great. Yeah, Uh,
1: now did you see uh, when Michael Sheen was on the Graham Norton
0: show? uh, Yes, I will have done.
1: Because there there was a... Funny exchange between him and uh, Chris Hemsworth because they're him, uh, Chris Hemsworth, the David Tennant, and Michael Sheen were all on the show at the same time, and uh, Graham Norton was bringing up uh, the Thor Endgame in the big bodysuit. Yes, and he's like, yeah, it just kind of zips up in the back, but it fits really well, and. Michael Sheen types and yeah, somebody asked me if I had a fat suit for Good Omens. I'm like, no, that's just me. <laughs> yeah, and he's not even that fat. That's a, that's the kind of no, the funny part about it.
0: No, he's not at all. I mean, I don't know who asked him that question, but there is no. I mean, I've done these sort of interviews before. There's no coming back from asking that as an interview question.
1: Well, see, I'm six. I'm sixty forty that he just said it to be funny as a kind of like a little bit of a self troll.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. Although it wouldn't surprise me in in there that you know somebody maybe came out with that during one of those uh those junket sessions and i I mean there's there's that must have the interviewer must have been dying inside after asking that because because there's no coming back from a question like that
1: (laughs) well that and the the actors that do all these press junkets probably answer the same 15 questions 97 times and he's probably just coming up with something completely random to ask just so you can have a unique question. And then that slips out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just, I mean, you don't know exactly what context it got asked in. I mean, maybe they were talking about like getting dressed up or something. And, but yeah, that's, that's a really bad thing to come out with. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is always the problem doing those sort of junkets of like, if you're the last person of the day and they've been ask- answering the same question for the last like 30 people, 40 people mm-hmm. or whatever, and they're it is, you know, they're worn down and you've kind of got to come with things that are slightly left of field to try and get more interesting questions in. So it is, it is difficult, but that, that, what a faux pas that was.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
0: so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, should we, uh, should we take a break here and uh, and we can go into sort of some slightly more
2: spoilery territory now? Yeah. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Today's sponsor is Kuwalo. If you would like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kuwalo to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name Hey there everybody, I hope you're enjoying the uh, podcast between David and Robert, the first one that I am not on. Uh, it was just a fun situation where uh, Robert and David had both said that they'd seen the show, I had not, and I still haven't. Um, and I thought they'd be interesting if they did the podcast together, but uh, you're, here for, you're here for the uh, housekeeping part. Uh, so recently on Entertainment Talk, of course Scream is coming back for its third uh, season After a long wait of course uh, There is also the Journey of Scream Season 3 podcast out there So if you want uh, to hear me go through the details of why there hasn't been an episode since, since October 2016 uh, You can go and check that out But the Scream Season 3 uh, preview podcast is out there for uh, a few if you guys to listen to as well on the TV feed uh, Which the Good Omens podcast will be going on as well Uh, And yeah, I've went through some of the uh, the promos, the trailers, the character breakdowns, all those sorts of things, and discussed what's happening with Scream Season 3. We still don't know if Netflix is taking the show in the US, of course, because they did Season 1 and 2. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what Netflix does, or if somebody else comes along and picks up the show, we don't know what's happening yet. So you can check that out Uh, as of last night. Uh, if you want more stuff from Robert, but including me and not with David or whatever, uh, me and Robert, of course, did another video games podcast last night. We talked about um, the games with Gold and the PS Plus. They're actually pretty good this month. Uh, Inside and Detroit and some others that are in there and a game that got swapped out for something else. Uh, we We discussed that as well. Uh, And We discussed um, Sony and they're looking to uh, acquire more studios of course to make video games for the PlayStation 4 and probably the PlayStation 5 as well. We discussed who uh, Sony might acquire. Uh, We talked about basically all of July's free games as well so Amazon's free games, the ones on Twitch, PS Plus, all those sorts of ones as well. Uh, so we discussed that Uh, if you like your Nintendo Switch but you don't like Nintendo's uh, Joy-Cons I did a podcast talking about why the Joy-Cons probably need a redesign Uh, so I did a podcast for that as well which you can check out as well that's in that's in the uh, video game reviews feed because that's where i put all the discussion episodes and stuff like that as well so you can check that out uh the next disney film even though there's a lot of disney films out this year the next marvel mcu film spider-man spider-man far from home uh the review is out there as well that's uh, just me on my own talking about spider-man far from home uh robert's supposed to be seeing the film today and we're hoping to possibly discuss it next week we'll see what happens with that as well uh, and then we'll be back the week after that to talk about iZombie and give a catch-up podcast for episode 10 of Course, episode 1 and 5 are out there for you guys to check out as well um, yeah and that's, uh, there's some other stuff some other video game let's plays uh, like spider man far from home and the uh, ultra rings let's play that I did and uh, yeah so if, if you also like uh, other spider man stuff I did the free uh, playstation VR game which you can go and download for playstation plus I think you probably need the move controllers for that so uh, just make sure you have those before you get the game or whatever so you can check that out, that out as well um, yeah, that's most of the stuff that we've been doing on Entertainment Talk. Uh, of course, film reviews wise as well. Toy Story 4, Child's Play, Bright Burn. Um, and of course, Spider-Man Far From Home as well. So thank you all very much for listening. Uh, I will see you in the outro. I'll be doing that as well. So you can, uh, hear that, I guess, at the end of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I'll hand you back over to David and Robert for the, uh, spoiler section. Uh, probably with the, with whatever they're going to discuss. Because I don't actually know what happened in the show. But thank you all very much for listening. And, uh, yeah i'll see i will see you next time but robert and david will see you in a minute goodbye
0: so uh next bit we'll have spoilers in it you have been warned uh we're going to talk a bit more in detail about the story uh so uh yes warning spoilers warning spoilers so um any particular bit that really stood out to you on the show really just
1: i love the concept Of, you know, bringing a demon child to bring about the apocalypse and then that kind of losing it just accidentally. Yeah. It's so hilarious in and of itself. Uh, But so much of it just tied up so neatly in a bow that you didn't even think about it. Like with the uh, like and when you get to the third episode and you get the uh, lady that's following the premonitions and then how much that plays into the finale is just so weird. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I, I mean, the way that it all ties together is is so brilliantly well done. Uh, I thought, and uh, yeah, the the entire concept of it of of you know the they have the Antichrist is being born, and and the then it ends up just being a normal kid who, I mean on on the uh, in the TV show, we never actually find out what happens. Did we actually find out what happens to that kid? I can't remember. He does kind of turn up again, doesn't he, later on?
1: Uh, he he shows up in the birthday party yeah. when uh, they think that the demon dog is going to show up
0: yes that's um, right and they they bring him out they bring him out to the sort of you know uh towards the end of uh, uh and they've kind of taken him to an area where they yeah where they're waiting for the demon dog to show up and they're all very confused about the fact that the dog's not there um yeah. I, lo- I, the, I love the thing about the demon dog as well where it's sort of supposed to be this big beast and you know really terrifying and the, when it turns up it's basically a little puppy <laughs> which is fabulous
1: yeah, the only yeah. thing funnier is if it turned into either like a Dachshund or a Pomeranian, just like something really, really yes. like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would have been brilliant. But uh, yeah, it, I, I thought that was fabulous. That was really nicely done. Um, I love the uh, the the whole Adam and Eve thing. The way the whole show starts with the sort of the pair of them kind of hanging out in the garden reading, and and Um, Aziraphale is actually helping uh them and sort of hands away his flaming sword and that sort of comes back later on about when well, you you didn't you we give you a flaming sword and he's not like signed out for it so he's lost it somewhere but he actually gave it to Adam and Eve. Uh, I thought that was that was great as well. I really like that opening. Um I love shows that sort of mess around with um the sort of Christian mythology thing. It it's yeah I, I, part of it I think has to do with the fact that I was brought up in quite a Christian household, not sort of, not Bible bashing, sort of, you know, ridiculously religious, but I was brought up. I, I personally am not, but I, you know, my family was. So I'm aware of a lot of the sort of, you know, background of, of these sort of things. And, you know, I was sent to church and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I love things that poke fun at, at um, religion because, it does come across as a bit silly at places to me.
1: Well, it's no sillier than some of the people involved in it. I mean, come on, they uh boycotted they protested Netflix and demanded it be cancelled and everybody's like, Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite thing. Yeah. I, 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 that's one of the things. I mean, that, that always annoys me. The, the, Christian people, people that claim to be Christians that acting in a very unchristian way is, is one of the things that really, really bugs me. Um, you know, the, the whole idea of sort of picking and choosing the bits out of the Bible that, that work be for, to suit whatever you happen to think i think he's horrendous and a
1: weirdly uh, related note i don't know if this news ever made it across into the uk but when uh, kevin smith made his movie dogma yes he was getting a lot of slack from that and so he actually protested his own movie so there's actually footage (laughs) of him outside of a theater with with him holding a sign protesting his own movie, which I love. That's hilarious.
0: Yes, yeah, and I I think uh, Terry Pratchett would have absolutely loved the fact that there was a bunch of Christians that he really upset. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that would be absolutely brilliant. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I love stuff like that. I I find that absolutely fabulous. Um, in terms of in terms of the story, um, I the, I think the prophecies. Thing I thought I found really fun as well. The way the prophecies are written in such a vague way that. It's very difficult to realize kind of what it means until it sort of happens, <laughs> which, <laughs> which which is very true of of every prophecy. You could sort of read whatever you like into it, but I like the fact that they've written them in such a way that they're sort of specific, like the the thing about the the chariot, um, the sort of three wheeled chariot thing, which turns out to be a uh, uh, the the three wheeled car. Um, yeah, the Reliant Robin. The Reliant Robin. Yes, yes. My dad had one of those.
2: <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> I,
1: kind of one of those cars that you own just kind of like as a marker for being a gearhead, but nobody actually really likes.
0: Yeah. There is a, uh, there's a hilarious episode of top gear where they're, uh, they're using Reliant Robbins and every time Clarkson goes around a corner, he was back in the Clarkson era and when every time Clarkson goes around a corner, he manages to tip it over onto one side. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I remember that episode because they showed uh, Ken Block trying to drive it and he rolled it on the side. And this is a guy that's made his career driving a 5,000 horsepower car sideways ways and he can't even drive it
0: yes yeah they're uh, they're <laughs> awful awful little cars but um, yes i i have fond memories of it even though they are so terrible but i have fond memories of, of driving around that with my dad yeah any any other bits that uh, particularly pop for you
1: the only thing that never really made any sense was uh why anybody would name their kid anathema which yes. i'm sure there's something from the book in that and granted, you know, I live here in the states where the uh, Hollywood celebrities name their kids the dumbest shit possible. <laughs> um, I am not making this up. There's a woman that has a doctorate and has a uh, presentation that she's doing about names and it, the effect that names can have on your childhood. I could give you a trillion guesses and you would never guess what her name is. Ah uh, no, go on Marijuana Pepsi. that is her her actual name (sighs) you can actually look it up look up dr air uh, dr marijuana pepsi and you could find out her work that is an actual human that got actually named by that and she actually lives with it
0: yeah it's the fact that she lives with it which is somewhat surprising
1: (laughs) that would have been a 10th birthday gift to myself was legally changing my name
0: absolutely yeah it would that's. I mean, the names of the characters overall are, are fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but yes, anathema device is is one that isn't very well explained. I I'm assuming it's explained in the books, maybe, but um, it's not particularly well explained in the uh, in the TV mm-hmm. show. What what is sort of interesting? The other thing that isn't really explained actually is is the use of Queen in in the show and there is a spe- specific reason that they use queen in the soundtrack which is explained in the books and uh that is um due to the fact that anytime you leave a tape uh or you know cd i guess it would be in this case anytime you leave sort of something with music on in the car for uh any length of time it automatically turns into a best of queen tape yeah, mm. um, due to the fact that when the uh when the uh, this was written. Queen, th- those best of Queen albums were everywhere. You know, it's one of the the things that you just couldn't get away from. So I, I love that idea that the fact that you were, uh, yeah, you, you know, whenever you leave a tape in the car, it automatically morphs into a sort of best of Queen tape. I thought that was quite good. But that's why Queens used throughout the show.
1: Yeah, and plus the fact that uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody uh, movie came out. Pretty close in conjunction with it. It also helps as well.
0: Yes, yes, there is that as well. That, that also happens to be a, a nice sort of, um, little kind of thing that happened at the same time. Um, uh, Mike McKean, I thought was brilliant as well in this doing a sort of, um, it was a Scottish accent, wasn't it? He? he had, I think, mm-hmm. as the Witchfinder General. I thought that was a great character. And Jack, him and Jack White all together, I thought went, went very, very well. Um, and uh then, yeah you see you've also got thou shalt not a commit adultery pulsifer as one of the uh as one of the characters in there as well which is uh you know going by weird first names that's particularly weird
1: <laughs> yeah and let's not even brush over the fact of john ham playing a gabriel i think he's is the one he plays.
0: Yeah. Um that that was another interesting bit that uh John Hamm um yeah plays the Archangel Gabriel, who isn't actually in the book, but um they added that in because they apparently were writing a a sequel or there was plans to write a sequel at some point of it. And they started writing a script um both uh Gaiman and Pratchett uh but the book never actually got made but Gabriel was a character that they'd written for the sequel and when it came to writing this he thought that uh Neil Gaiman thought that the character of Gabriel would be quite useful as a sort of having a sort of overbearing boss character dropped into that sort of idea of heaven um, being this sort of rigid structure of, of you know, um, people have their positions and that sort of stuff. Uh, so it working more like a company, it sort of works more like a corporation. And, and Gabriel is that sort of annoying boss that people have. Uh, and uh, so I thought that fit in, it fitted in very well. You wouldn't really have known that he wasn't one of the original characters, I thought.
1: Yeah, completely. You know, nobody would look at that and say, see that's completely out of place.
0: Yeah yeah any other bits you you particularly want to mention
1: uh, i'm just going over the uh, episodes to see if anything jumps out i mean obviously we've got uh all the interactions with uh, john ham and uh, michael sheen with uh, gabriel not understanding the english language like thank you for for selling me this pornography when- <laughs> yeah the, all those interactions were just hilarious which is why john ham's a amazing actor and just completely hilarious on that yes uh the kids were kind of fun uh, i mean it was definitely kind of they were definitely kind of going for like a stranger things vibe yeah especially now that season three just came out yes um, i don't yes. know if it's out in the uk it yes it is. The it,
0: yeah it uh, came out um, came out globally on the uh, on the same day so uh, yes it's out over here as well but yeah you did get very much a sort of stranger things got um like thing for that I can sort of see that and I thought the kid that played uh the 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 sort of the kid that was um uh, Adam the kid that was sort of actually was the after the the antichrist i thought Mm -hmm. he did a fabulous job i thought he was really good
1: yeah apparently he was on a show called medici which i'm not familiar
0: with oh yeah or is it medici is it
1: medici is m-e-d-i-c-i so medici
0: yeah it will be medici because it's a it's a thing on um uh yeah it's about the italian um yeah historical family thing that will be um yeah he plays the
1: young lorenzo on that so
0: yeah and uh, the four horsemen as well who were fabulous uh and i mm. thought that was really interesting sort of way to to update the idea of the the four horsemen and uh,
1: yeah changing uh pestilence into pollution
0: yes which makes perfect sense i thought that was really good and uh morella enos who was war i thought she was she was great i've seen her in a few things she's uh she's she was certainly in Hannah the killing.
1: I her. haven't seen Hannah yet. I keep meaning to see it, but I yes,
0: haven't. I, I. I mean, she was in Electric Dreams as well. She was in the Catch. Yeah, she was the killing. She's the she's the female lead in the killing, and uh, Hannah is Hannah's actually um, teams the uh, the two people from the killing up again. It's uh, her and Joel Kinnaman who were together in the killing, and then sort of playing opposites in in Hannah. That's also renewed for a second season as well. Um, with Good Omens, they they basically covered the first book. With this entire first season, or this entire kind of mini series, would you like to see Gaiman maybe write something continuing it? Would you like to see it come back? I mean, I would definitely be
1: up for that. It would just kind of depend on how much is you know coming from uh, uh, the original source, and then how much of it is like just like added on for effect. Because that's always what kills a show is when you know you got one season and it does great. And then you just try to cash in on it, and it just never really worked. I mean, occasionally it'll do really, really well, but it just kind of fizzles out because so many people involved in it are gone with it. It's like uh, the show Misfits. By the time the last season comes around, the entire starting cast is killed off. And that last season involves nobody you care about. It just doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. True. I don't think I even watched that last season. I kind of dropped out of it once they started killing off major cast members. So uh yeah. Yeah.
1: Once the uh they came up with the stupid zombie line and then had the last cast member off himself so he didn't turn into a zombie, I was like, Yeah, I'm done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean you could potentially continue this maybe uh, you'd but you'd want Crowley and Aziraphale to still be the leads of it um mm-hmm. I I don't know where you go with it from there because I mean obviously they end it by averting the uh, the end of the world so I I don't know I don't know exactly what you'd do kind of moving forward if you were going to continue it but i mean i think it, at the moment it's conceived as a single as, as a sort of single thing and i it's one of those things that i'm not sure gaiman would feel comfortable doing it sort of moving forward without yeah permission from Pratchett.
1: now something that i could kind of see because at the end of the uh, last episode we see anathema and i'm guessing her soon-to-be husband uh you know, burn the the next book of the prophecies just because they don't want to deal with that. I could see the woman that wrote the prophecies seeing that, writing another group of prophecies, and sending that to her kids. Yeah, like a, and then having that be as a jump off adventure that could I, actually work.
0: Yeah, see when they when they found that second prophecy book, I, I was. I was wondering whether oh well maybe they are gonna use that as a continuation. You know, they, maybe there is gonna be more than one thing of this. And uh but that's a great idea actually. The fact that she saw the that the she burnt it and made extra copies of it. I think that's mm-hmm. a fabulous idea. Um so it is it would be possible to continue it based on that. Um but yeah, I, I, I did wonder whether they'd use that as a, as a way to move forward if they were going to. But, um, it's whether Gaiman would feel comfortable doing it without mm-hmm. sort of permission from Pratchett. The other option, of course, would be to do kind of what they do with American Horror Story and change uh, and maybe keep a bunch of the cast members together, but do other Pratchett books. Mm-hmm. you could do that, which I know Gaiman wasn't involved in the other project books, but I think if, if he was going to have somebody sort of make adaptations, Gaiman would be the person to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So that maybe would be another possibility. Some of them have already had TV adaptations, because uh, uh, Sky in the UK have made TV adaptations of a few of the different books. I can't remember which ones they've done. And that was a while ago, but you could potentially do that and and have sort of a a, a you know a bunch of little mini series each following one particular book you know maybe do that sort of disc world series of some description that's possible because it would be great to have some of the cast back together and as long as you keep a few key people you could do exactly what they do in american horror story and switch you know various people out as you need to so that that would be a possibility for me i i would uh, i like to see a bit more you know maybe they they did something like that um but it would depend whether they could get hold of of the uh, rest of the disc you know the disc world back catalog as opposed to just good omens you know um but it would be nice to see it done with a huge budget you know Mm -hmm. anything else anything else you want to bring up uh i mean while we're on the subject
1: i think you could probably team up uh neil with you know some of the guys from maybe monty python to Come up with something maybe maybe in a similar
0: yeah. vein. Yeah, yeah. Quite possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, um one of the things that did strike me with Good Omens actually was there is there is a certain amount of Douglas Adams-ness to it as well. I think it mm-hmm. what what reminded me particularly of hitchhikers is the fact that God talks directly to the audience. And it's very much like the the voice of the book. In, um, Hitchhiker's Guide series, you know, where she's sort of explaining various concepts and, and that sort of stuff. And it's the same with the book in Hitchhiker's Guide. So yeah, I mean, I'd, I would like to see. I know they've done a movie version but I'd quite like to see a sort of uh, a, you know a new version of maybe the Hitchhiker's Guide series because they I mean the old one was great but it it doesn't dated particularly well. I mean the acting's great but you know from a visual point of view hasn't dated particularly well. And trying to cram it into a movie didn't work very well either. Um so that was good. But uh yeah I mean something with the Pythons would be would be fabulous. Uh the few remaining ones that there are. Uh, that would be good as well uh so i don't know um i mean gaiman does have an overall deal with amazon at this point so it's certainly possible that you could you could see him developing more stuff maybe with the same cast uh it's quite funny because you've got the um adaptation of the sandman coming but it's gone to netflix because it's owned by DC, not by Gaiman himself. So there is that adaptation coming. So, I mean, Gaiman's got a few things out at the moment, because you've got, he's got that. He had good omens recently. He's got American Gods, obviously, still out there as well. So, uh there is a few bits of Gaiman's work out there, but um, yeah, I, maybe maybe teaming up on on something else would be uh, would be an interesting way to to kind of move forward. But I w- I would love to see them adapt a few more of the uh, Terry Pratchett stuff if they can uh, if they can do that.
1: Yeah, I mean that would be that would be worth watching. You know, seeing Neil Ga- uh, Neil Gaiman and like maybe uh, John Cleese team up on something that would be kind of fun.
0: Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. It'd be interesting to to see something like that, or you know i'm sure i mean i'm very interested to see what he comes up with because as i say he's got an overall deal with them now for either adaptations of his work or for new things that he comes up with so it's entirely possible it could be something like an adaptation of a pratchett novel or something with the pythons or you know there's a whole bunch of things it could potentially be so uh so yes uh i would love to see him work with terry gilliam even if it's just gilliam on gilliam's own stuff that would be quite interesting given that what a sort of filmmaker gilliam is maybe with you know neil gaiman writing and gilliam directing would be an interesting team up mm-hmm. um, so we'll have to see i think that's the most likely one because they're already friends so so <laughs> anything else or are we, have we we covered everything do you think
1: oh i mean we've covered everything without going into like an episode by episode uh breakdown which i'm not really interested in doing uh it's you know it's one of those things that we can talk a little bit about it but uh you know, it's just one of those things you just kind of got to see for yourself. Yeah, really.
0: I, I, I think trying to explain it episode by episode is so weird and wonderful. Um, trying to go through an episode breakdown, I think would probably not work particularly well. Um, so I think all we'll say is go out and watch it. Go out and watch it. It's absolutely fabulous. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime in both the US and the UK. Uh, it's six episodes long. They're what, about an hour each? So hour a, and some change yeah yeah about an hour each so um yeah go out and watch it um it's it's up there it's all written by neil gaiman um it's it's just fabulous uh one of the best tv sh- series we've had i think this year so far so uh definitely definitely go out and watch um but uh yeah go find it on amazon prime
1: definitely the most refreshing and yes. fresh thing we've seen in a while
0: yeah definitely so um so yeah that that's it that's our, our kind of chat about uh, good omens um as i say go and find out on amazon prime it's well worth going to watch if you uh want to find uh, more of robert you can find him on entertainment talk and uh where else uh
1: that's uh entertainment talk is where i do all my podcasting uh you know i'm streaming on mixer every now and then but i'm not really consistent with that that's just one of those when i feel like a kind of thing
0: right and, uh, obviously for me, you can, um, find me on geektown.co.uk. Uh, we've also got the Geek Town radio podcast. You can go and find that if you go and search on your podcast provider for Geek Town radio, and that's uh weekly news about, uh, TV and film and gaming and all that sort of stuff. So you can find that on there. There's obviously all the entertainment talk stuff. So you can go and find all that on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, and, uh, yeah, go and just Go and check out the website and uh, find more stuff. Uh, We will be back with some more content soon. Bye-bye. Goodbye.
2: Hey, I also should mention as well that, uh, of course, David is on GeekTown.co.uk. So if you'd like to know when your favourite shows are returning or if they're renewed or cancelled or any uh, TV and film news, any of that sort of stuff, or TV air updates, uh, GeekTown.co.uk and GeekTown Radio, of course, is where you can find that as well. Alright, so hopefully you enjoyed the spoiler-free and spoiler discussion uh, with Robert and David. Uh, You can, of course, email us in questions, comments, thoughts, ideas about any of the shows that we do, any of the the TV, video games, films that we cover, and any other Q&A questions for a potential part two uh, in the future. Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's the contact page as well. Uh, But if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon, of course. We have an Amazon affiliate link. You can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cover we spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, please do rate, review, and subscribe to those. Uh, Of course, subscribe to get the new episodes. If you don't want to review the feed, you can just rate it as well. Uh, And, of course, word of mouth. If uh, there's obviously people talking about good omens for good and for bad um, with petitions and whatnot. But uh, if your friends, family, or whoever are talking about good omens or any of the shows that we cover, you can tell them about the website and the iTunes feeds. Uh, You can share the posts on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, all that good stuff, put them in different Facebook groups. And if you want to watch any of the three of us uh, play different video games, me, Robert, or David, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer. Uh, Thank you all for listening, I'm sure Robert or David said goodbye at the podcast, but uh, goodbye from me as well, and we shall see you next time. Uh, Goodbye.